You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. I'm real honored here today. It's been a little while, and as you know, I love to be in, to share God's Word. We're continuing this series, and what's really exciting is Luke is showing us, like last week, who Jesus is. Last week he had the transformation. Well, first you had the proclamation by Peter that he, Jesus is the Messiah, then the transformation, we see the glory of God, and then we immediately see a miracle of a spirit that no one else can cast out, that only he could, he shows that his dominion is over the earth. And, but the thing about Luke, Luke, besides salvation, the kingdom message is so prominent throughout Luke. And so the proclamation of kingdom is important. And he wants the world to know the kingdom has come in the person of Jesus Christ. And so that path will continue. So today's message, if you want to call it something, would be the sending out of the 70, depending on the version you have. Some versions say 72. So let's move into that. It's, uh, we're going to start with, it's in chapter 10 of Luke. And I'm just going to break out verse by verse different groupings because it's, it's, this is a really a wonderful example of our mission as Christians. And so he's giving us so many things that you ha- we have to look at in this thing. Now you say, well, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. Yeah, they did. It was upon them, not in them. So, so it says, we'll start off with the first couple of verses in chapter 10. Um, oh, but I should mention, it says, now after this, right before this, there were a number of half-hearted attempts by people to say, I'll be a follower of yours. As soon as I bury my father, as soon as I do this, as soon as I do that. And so it, he immediately flows from there to this point. So after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. And he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Don't miss what we just saw here. It starts right out with, they were appointed. He says, 70 people have just received the call of God. 70 people have just received the call. And now, be obedient. All of us in this room have received the call of God. And so that's not just you, you, and you, if you don't mind. You have received a calling. And he's giving this as an example of all those in Christ. And if you look at, at chapter 9, you see that disciples were sent out. This is slightly different. He's, he's now given them the calling and they're to go into every city that he will come later. And so we have this message for us to go out because Jesus is coming later. And he's coming to the whole world. So everywhere we go, that message is going to permeate. And it talks about the the harvest is is plentiful. He's letting us know there's more than enough to gather in. You can't, you'll bump in them all along the way trying to find the right one. And he's saying, but the workers are few. Because earlier, they, oh, I'll do this, but first got to do this. But he's saying, put your focus on this because you now have a calling on you. 
And so, and he says, beseech. That means pray. We're supposed to pray for other people in the, the, to come out. Pray for those that will sh share the word. Pray for the missionaries. Pray for the fellow body members here that every day step out with, in the word of Christ. We need to be praying for each other in, to encourage each other because the workers are few. The, the other thing is he never sends out missionaries alone. He always does pairs. Now, part of that is it takes two or more to be a witness in, in the legalism of that time. But really, it's about being in community as we share the word. And we're encouraging one another. We're holding each other up. It, it's not uncommon for some, someone to get, not feel well. And the other one's helping that person go. We're always encouraging one another. Try to, if, anytime you can, pair up with somebody. Find someone that wants to just share the word with you. It's a lot of fun, quite frankly, and, and I, I, just, I really encourage you to do this. You'll, you'll see more later. But then it says, go, we're in three and four. Behold, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money belt, no bag, no shoes, and greet no one on the way. You know, they're probably going to meet some danger. And, and so he's saying, he's telling them, go with no food, no money, no extra clothes. Don't stop. In the Middle East, when you gave a greeting, it could take an hour, two hours. It was, they were long, prolonged greetings with, with how you greeted someone. And he's saying, no, 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 no. Be focused. Let nothing distract you. Keep your eyes on, your, on the mission and go. And be completely dependent on me. Don't take money. Don't take anything. Because one, you'll be either distracted because you're worried about keeping it. They're robbers in those days. And they're also going in a different area. By the way, they went from, if you look at a map, they went from Nazareth area. Normally they would go along the way of the sea. Here they cross the Jordan and come down, I think it's called Pergia, per, Pastor Rick, what's the name of that area? Per, Pergia, something like that. Anyway. They, so they're going in strange area. They're going to meet all kinds of people. They're going to have, they're going to be Jews, but they're going to be Gentiles. They're going to be Samaritans. They're going to be a variety of people. And they're not going to be welcomed by all of them. And so they're going to face a, a lot of different things. They're going, to, they're, going to, they're going to face hunger. They're going to be tired. They're going to be thirsty. They're going to get rejected. And they may get rejected in a very violent way even. So this is not an easy trip. This is a challenge. This is not easy. And the, all seven of them, there's no mention that any of them say, not for me. Every one of them said, I'm called by Jesus. I know who Jesus is. If he tells me, I'm going. It's just that simple. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed by that because I'm lousy at that. Jesus calls me and I go, let me get to it. Let me check my schedule. And, and he's saying, no, go now. And so they're all going. And what really is great, when you see the interchange and how he directs us in the interchange with each other. Let's go to verse 5. It says, Whenever you, whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in the house, eating and drinking what they give you, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not keep moving from house to house. The first supernatural moment is their encounter with peace. This is not just a greeting. 
This is not a, hey, peace, bro. This is something very, very different. It's, this is a command. As a matter of fact, it's a command with a present imperative. Meaning you're going to give peace and it's going to continue. And th this peace is to be released in every home. And this is a release of the Holy Spirit under the authority of Jesus. So this is, this is a blessing of wholeness and completeness. It casts out the chaos, tension, and fear. Now, you notice how the peace seems to move on its own. Because it says, if the owner welcomes the blessing, the peace will rest on him. That is always language of the Holy Spirit, of the resting on. Or if it's rejected, it will return. Then say you get it back, it will return to you. This is showing that the peace that you're bringing with you is God. It's the Holy Spirit that is resting on them. Now, we have the, the, the Holy Spirit in us. We also have the Holy Spirit on us when we are doing the work of Christ. And so we release that to others. And it changes the atmosphere in the room. I, I really wish we understood the value of the, of the word peace and how we can release peace wherever we go. And that is our first kingdom example that the kingdom has arrived. It's just peace. If you go into an area, if there's a conflict, if you're at work, and there's the usual chaos that I see at my work, I work at a car dealership. It's nuts all the time because most of us at work there are nuts. So when you declare peace, things happen. In your own household, when you declare peace, and I'm not saying, for the love of God, peace, you know, not scream, but invoke God into it. The Holy Spirit comes in. So that's what it starts with. And, you know, I may as well tell you this. Uh, several theologians have broken down this and not come to that same conclusion. They think it's just a greeting. But the two that I respect that agree with me, one is John Paul Jackson. He's recently passed away. The other one is Bill Johnson. Because they have a view of the kingdom. And they know that we carry kingdom. And, and they know that if Jesus is sending them out as an example to us, the Holy Spirit was resting on them for them to release. So this is so important. Because what has now happened is, he tells them to eat what, what they serve you. You notice, we're, they may be in a Gentile house, or around Gentiles. They may be in all kinds of places. It may not always be totally kosher food. And some people, they, they claim that Jews were the most picky eaters in the world. But he's saying, don't make a fuss. And it may not be the, the greatest food. Eat what they give you be, and stay. And he talks about family. Blessing families. You know, we really have to be addressing blessing families. If Jesus asks us to do it, do it. We're going to bless families. And what he's doing here is he is establishing a house for, of God. He's a, you're going to stay there. You're not bouncing around. You're, 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 I call it flag planting. You're planting a flag and said, this, this place belongs to Christ. This is a house of God now. And they're, they're going to share the kingdom. And now we're going to go a little bit further to verse 8 and 9. Now it mentions the whole city, but it says, whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat what is set before you and heal those in it who are sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. 
Demonstrate and declare the kingdom of God. Demonstrate and declare the kingdom of God. It's so simple and so, but we, we hesitate to do it. Heal all who are sick and declare the kingdom of God. He has given us that same mandate. Heal all that are sick, declare the kingdom of God. We, we're hesitant. Yes. Well, I don't know if this will work or not, but is it okay if I pray for you? And I always did it that way. I was, you know, I'm sitting there with my chicken feathers hanging out, and we've got to come up and say, Jesus wants to heal you. Jesus wants to heal you. And does he always do it? No. It's not our fault. We didn't do anything wrong. It's not our lack of faith. The kingdom comes. But I, I, I honestly fervently believe, though, that every time someone is prayed for, something moves. It may be a soul healing. It may be a spiritual healing. Just the very fact that someone cares is very, very intentional. It's personal. And it, there's a reaction to it. Yes. And so just bring the kingdom with that. Trust the kingdom to do, be the kingdom. The outcomes are not ours to decide. The outcome is Jesus's. He just gives us the mission to go. And so we must do the same thing. Being, being bold and courageous in evangelism is really just relying completely on God. These guys don't really know what they're doing. They don't. They just don't what they're told. Oh, wow. I mean, Jesus said it, therefore do it. That's how they're approaching everything. And so, you know, how many of us are really comfortable with declaring the kingdom of God where we go? I'm here. That means the kingdom's here. How many of us are comfortable? If you raise your hand, I don't know. I don't know how to raise your hand. <laughs> Because we think, oh, I'm just little me. Well, you are little you. We've got a big God that's working through you. Yes. Okay? So go ahead and stay little old me, but let the big old God come through. Because wherever you go, you carry the kingdom. I probably got the best compliment I ever, ever got last night. I, I was, uh, we were closing up. It was, about, it was close to 10 o'clock. And someone, you know, started to turn off the lights. And someone said, Hey, why is the Chuck? Or why is the, the light in Chuck's office on? And a younger salesperson that, that he and I have been working a lot. His name's Caleb. He goes, the light's always on in Chuck's office. Oh. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I'm the, that happens to all of you. You don't even know it. The light is always on wherever you are, and you don't even know it. And so, be who you are in Christ. We just sang that song. I'm a child of God. Make an I am statement of who you are in Christ. Jesus makes I am statements so you know his identity. Make an I am statement so you know your identity. I am a child of God. And so we carry the kingdom with us. We're kingdom people. And, and you know what else? These guys knew, had no idea what to expect. They're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to declare the I'm the kingdom of God. They had no idea what to expect. So then as you go on, it makes a comment about if they're rejected. I wanted to bring this one up, okay, verses 10 through 11. It says, but, whenever, but whatever city you enter 
and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your city, which clings to, my, to our feet, we wipe off and protest against you. Yet be sure of this, that the kingdom of God has come near. First thing is, don't jump to any conclusions about this one, okay? I'm, because this, I mentioned in my Bible study, this is a little pet peeve of mine. It says city, doesn't say individual people. Don't think that just because someone says, oh, leave me alone. Hi, wipe my feet of you. you know, when it says city, that means they went from house to house to house to house to house. They were persistent in keeping them going. And then the city rejected them, and then they, they, they say, oh, I'm wiping my feet of you, but the kingdom was here. They're letting them know what they're missing out on. But this is after persistence. If you remember earlier, when he comes down to the Samaritans, when he, at, and they want to, uh, they tell him, no, if you're going to Jerusalem, you can't come through this way. Remember in, as it came down to Samaria? And, and the brothers of thunder decided they want to throw fire down on the Samaritans. You remember? And Jesus told them no. Because what they did was they thought, this is a good excuse. You reject God, I can smoke you. <laughs> and so what it was was, it was their personal uh, relationship, their personal feelings, not the rejection of the kingdom. Because the Samaritans probably didn't know the kingdom was near. They didn't, they didn't see all this stuff. So let's, let's be careful about that. But... You know, the other thing, I, we were talking, the leadership team and, I, and we were talking about this, as we proclaim the kingdom, and there was a move of the Holy Spirit there, ask for a decision. I never did that. I always thought that was being like pushy. Kind of, and what it was, quite frankly, I was afraid to hear a rejecting. It, it wasn't being pushy. If, my goodness, if someone is healed and it's evident that the move of the Spirit has come, you tell them, that was Jesus. And then, you know, what do you think now? And ask them to, to make a decision. You know, it's really, really hard. It's really, really hard to make a decision against Jesus in the face of something that just, the kingdom has just been demonstrated. The kingdom's here. Yeah, maybe it's here. Well, your back was hurting before, now it's not. Well, I know that. I mean, it happens. Or has the depression started to lift? Yes, it has. That's Jesus. Or are you feeling less sad? Are you feeling a little better? Yes, I am. That's Jesus. He's touching your heart. You know, don't be afraid to ask for them to move. I had a really interesting uh, situation with somebody. And he's getting baptized next week. And, and it was only because someone asked him to make a decision. He, he had a miracle. And everything was there. I, I could have very easily gone, hey, that was Jesus. God bless you. And walked away. That's always what I used to do. Now I say, Jesus just introduced himself to you. I learned that from Robbie Dawkins. <laughs> and, and next thing you know, he's like, yeah. And, and he's responding. I mean, these things happen. Some people will just say no. But don't worry about it. It's not up to us. The whole story? Yeah. All right. Bring it on. I got too many pages. Okay. All right. I was, um, 
over on Rockville Road, actually it was on my day off, I was going to the doctor's office, and my doctor's in Greenfield, except on Wednesday, which is my day off to go to a doctor. He's in Avon, off of Ronald Reagan Road, so I had to go all the way out there. I'm coming back, and I'm dying for a cup of coffee, surprise. And so <laughs> I stop at the Go Stop gas station, that's right there on Rockville Road, and I, I go in, and actually, this, I'd never been inside, I got gas here before. It's, like, it's got like a restaurant, a store, it's a pretty big thing. And I see this guy that had like that yellow vest type stuff on, it looked like a construction type worker, and he's trying to get something out of a lower shelf. And he's bending his knees, keeping his head straight up, and he's, so his back is straight up and down. He, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? <laughs> and he, he can't reach the lower shelf. My first instinct is to help him get something out of the lower shelf. Then I ask, I go, is it okay if I pray for your back? I said, he goes, I go, I'm a believer in Jesus, and he'd like to heal your back. He goes, I really don't go much for that stuff. And I said, well, it's, it's, Jesus loves it, though. And so I prayed for his back. I knew his lower back. He said, that's, that's where it was. And he, he said it was really, really in pain. And suddenly, he starts feeling heat. And he's like, wow, what's that? And, I, next, and then he's starting to do this thing. And he went down and touches his toes. And he's like, oh, my gosh. He goes, I don't believe this. Then he goes, wow, I got heat going right up to my neck. And I said, have you had a lot of back problems? He goes, I always go to chiropractor. I can't hardly, goes, I'm always there. And he was telling me he's in construction work but has no sick time. He was actually sitting in the cab of the pickup truck, and the other guys were right covering for him because he couldn't work. So got to know who he was. And so I'm saying, well, that's Jesus. He just introduced himself to you. And he's like, yeah. I said, well, what do you say? Are you going to say yes to Jesus? You're back. Do it again. Okay, okay. And he goes, I don't know. I don't think I'm ready for that. I said, congratulations. You didn't say no. You said you need more information. Jesus loves to give you more information. Great. I said, say yes to Jesus. And he's looking at me. He's like, and he said it loud. He goes, yes, Jesus. Well, there was a couple people watching, a couple people our age, and I almost said older people. <laughs> and they started going, ah, yeah, like this. Got his name and everything. So we've been talking. And so found out he, his girlfriend, her name's Carla, is a regular churchgoer, and she's been trying to get him to go to church. And so, he, and they go to the Lakeview, right there at the exit, right there. Anyway. And so, so he was telling me that they planned on getting baptized. Well, I found out this weekend he is getting baptized next weekend. So I don't, I, it, I mean, he just flipped over it. He's on fire. I mean, he, she said, he's crazy. He's telling, every, he's telling other people, he goes, look at this, look at this. He, he, you know, so, you know, some people dance with joy. He's dancing to show he's healed, but it's also joyful. But. So let's go look at verse 16. Now pay attention to this one. <laughs> the one who listens to you listens to me. Do you understand that? The one who rejects you rejects me, and the one who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The one who listens to you listens to me. What happened at the Mount of Transformation? What did God say about his son? This is my son. Listen to him. And he says, when he listens to you, they listen. when they're listening to you, they're listening to me. Now you're saying, 
Now you're really getting out there in Lululand. I don't ever speak for, for Jesus. You do as soon as you ask him to. Because what you, I'm going to just say this. The best way to start your, if you see someone you want to pray for, the best thing to do is immediately start praying for them and ask yourself to become smaller. Because otherwise, you start worrying about yourself and less about them. You're wondering, you're wondering what I look like and before you know it, your focus is so on you, you really don't care if they get healed or not. And you've got to move yourself as the third party brokering the kingdom coming to them. And so you're just the agent. And so you can't do wrong because it's between you and God. And don't worry if, if they say bad things about you because they're saying it about Jesus. Because he said, you know, you, we, we always think that they're talking about us. I know there's a whole lot of people that don't like Donald Trump. Let's use that as an example. I use that in our class. If he sends his Secretary of State to you and you don't like Donald Trump, you're going to reject the Secretary of State. Am I right? You're going to say, get out of here. I have nothing to do with you. And he's like, what did I do? Because you didn't like who he represents. So sometimes when people reject you, that's what he's saying here. They're rejecting me. He's saying that for two reasons. One is it protects our hearts. Number two, it lets you know what you're up against. And so sometimes when, you, when, when you're asking for healing, you've got to ask for, a, for, for the enemy to leave. And so then when that happens, you ask the enemy to leave because you have all authority over him. How do I know that? Well, let's look at the next verses. Let's go through 17 through 20. The 70 returned with what? Joy. Saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Joy and rejoice. Joy and rejoice. They came back on fire. They're like, wow. They're so supercharged. You want to, if you want a mega boost to your faith, step out in it. There's nothing quite like it. I had, I'll tell you, when this happened, it was on a Wednesday, and the, the leadership meeting usually wraps up by around 11, 11.30, unless Linda's talking. And then <laughs> I came straight here. I had to tell somebody when that happened. I show up, it's about noon, and here they are. Hi, guys, guess what? You, know, you want to you wanna build faith? Step in faith. And you will, you will find amazing, amazing faith. Because when you're trusting God and God delivers, when you're trusting God and you feel the Holy Spirit make a connection, even if the connection is not totally a successful connection, even if they reject you, but you know the Holy Spirit came and was speaking there, there's nothing quite like it. There's just nothing quite like it. And you know God is real. You know God is real in you, for you, through you. And there's nothing quite like that. I'm just telling you, there's, it's, it, the, what's the first thing that the enemy tries to do is isolate us. And then we isolate as community. <coughs> Excuse me. We need to be a community that goes out. And we need to be a... I, 
The, the gifts of the Spirit will never compare to the fruits of the Spirit. And that's why he's saying here, be, be so thankful of your relationship with him. If your relationship with him is booming, you'll have, you'll, you'll have the Spirit, the love, the peace. <coughs> Nothing can stop you. And then you move. But we all do it. I probably ought to pray for that person. Eh, they're probably kind of busy. And we step away. There's probably nothing, and I do it all the time. Because God keeps doing this. It makes me crazy. It makes me aware of all these people that need a prayer, that need for an intervention, that he would love to have the kingdom smack right down in them and let them see the power of God, the love and the power of the king. Because I, I am absolutely convinced that the, the goodness of God is the source of his power. The goodness of God is the source of his glory. They his, his goodness is manifested in the glory. Let them see the goodness of God. Because most of what I hear is, well, if he's so good, why did he do this in the Old Testament? If he's so this, why did he do this? And I said, if he's not so good, why did he rise from the dead to save me? And so... We've got to go back to the very core. That's who Jesus is. And I just, I mean, every one of us, when we move in obedience to Jesus, do you understand what is going on? Satan watches his legions be defeated. He sees lightning strike. Imagine in darkness, there's light. What if that light's lightning, just like Jesus described it? It's kaboom. Smoking hole in the ground. Goodbye, little fella. You know, but, but I mean, we really carry something different, and we have his authority. He tells us we have dominion over the evil. And we cower in, front, in the face of it. We, I do it all the time. I, I think we have to get personal. I think it really has to become personal. That evil is trying to tell the world things about Jesus, about our God, that's not true. He's trying to harm our brothers and sisters. I mean, it's time to go after the works of the evil one. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm sick and tired of cancer. I'm sick and tired of diabetes. I'm sick and tired of heart disease. I'm sick and tired of depression. I'm sick and tired of, of people feeling just um, addicted, fear, anxiety. We have got the... We, we come with kingdom, kingdom presence, power, love, compassion, and we can come into all those areas. Yeah. And every single time we go out, it may not happen just like that, but we are chipping away at, 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 at the, the enemy and then chipping away again. I mean, that's why it always talks about our blessed are the feet of the, those who bring the gospel, the sandals of peace. We walk in peace because we bring peace. And if you want to put rivets on, rivets some sheets and metal on your shield of faith, go out in the kingdom. That every time you go, it's like they put another, another layer of, of thickness on that shield of faith. There's nothing can stop you. It really is a different thing. That's so good. Yeah. Right on. I mean, I, let's, fill our, let's fill our lives with joy. Let's fill our lives with rejoicing. Let's, let's, let's I mean, Yes, it's for them, too. But we rejoice when we see their eyes light up. When you see that look, it's like nothing in the world. Yes. I, it, 
But I want to look at somebody else's response. Let's go now to verse 21 and 22. At that very time, he rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit. I got to stop right there for a second. That's not just greatly in the Holy Spirit. That is like bouncing off the walls great. Think Annie. You know how when she gets excited, she starts running around and bouncing around? It's, it actually means rejoice where you're dancing, jumping, and, you know, that type of physical joy. That's what happens when Jesus sees us greatly in the Holy Spirit and said, I praise you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this way was pleasing, was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by the Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him, and he wills to reveal him to you. And let me tell you something. If no other reason than to have Jesus jumping for joy because you're obedient in your call. If, if you don't want to do it for you, and you're just only half lukewarm about doing it for someone else, how about this? What is on your list of things you don't want Jesus to be joyful about? I will not do this if it brings joy to Jesus. What's on your list? Because that, for no other reason, is a perfect establishment of who we are in Christ because we want to give glory to Jesus every moment we can. And when Jesus is in joy, an ecstatic joy, I can't think of any other reason than to follow him and do as he wishes. I mean, what we get out of it is a bonus. It's really a bonus. And when you have that mindset, we've talked about focusing your eyes on Jesus before, that you lock your eyes on Jesus. When you have that, then what stands in your path doesn't matter. It really is of little circumstances. I mean, if you asked, oh, Michael Phelps, was it worth it to hit the pool at six in the morning every single morning? All I got to do is show you his gold medals. There were days he didn't want to do it, but most days he was fixed on his goal. That was, a, that was powered by humanity. Our goal is powered by the Holy Spirit. And he just tunnel visions us. Not, I shouldn't use that word, because it's, really it's just the opposite, actually. We see everything that he sees, because we have the eyes of Christ. We see the ache when, it's, when I never saw it before. I hear things that I never heard before, that I thought, oh, not another whiner. And actually, they're speaking that there's pain. I hear people that's, are you telling, kidding me that they're talking about this, this little tiny thing and they're acting like they're celebrating over it? I celebrate now with them and his little silly things. Because it meant something to them. Oh, my little girl, she did this or this. Oh, God, another, another child story. <laughs> but, they, but now I hear it differently. If I, you know, I know in a couple of months, just a few weeks, I'll hear every base hit every little boy in, in Hendricks County ever got. But they're so joyful. And you know what? I can attract, I can make Jesus look attractive with love rather than fear of the, of, and if you don't go to Jesus, you're going to hell. You know that, right? Oh, well, thank you. That made me feel really good. <laughs> Instead, 
show the joy of Jesus. Show the love and compassion of Jesus. It says instantly he had this level of, of love. Now, I want you to really look at this. The triune God is in this verse here. Jesus in the spirit, Father pleasing to your eyes. We move heaven when we're obedient to heaven. If this is the result, do you think they're going to be sitting back watching it doing nothing? Do you think you're all alone in this? Let's put it this way. When your little kids are starting to learn how to walk, do you just go, oh, you're going to hit the, ed the coffee table right there. Oh, there you did it. <laughs> no, you're over there saying, come on, come on, come on. You're right in the middle of it. Then that's what's happening here. And, and so you've, you've had your hands on their shoulders. Look, they're walking. No, they're not. You're carrying them just about. But you don't, it doesn't matter. The, the joy's still there. That's what the Father's doing with us. And so we have to engage in that. The other thing is he uses the term infant here. And I really want you to understand what that means. He's talking about the attitude, not the growth or, or the intelligence or anything like that. He's talking about the attitude. He's talking about the innocence, the, the attitude of innocence. These 70 didn't say why, they just went. It's, it's like when you're in service, when they give you an order, you know, how high? When they tell you to jump. So they just went. And he says, when you have that infant attitude, that you're not challenging every little thing. Now, I'm the challenger. God, why? Does that make sense? It does make sense. You want to know something? All philosophy begins with man and then moves from there. There is no spiritual philosophy. That you can talk about it all you want. They all start with man and then move out. And so we, we, we can't understand the eternal because eternity is incomprehensible. Einstein could not understand eternity, so he applied mathematics to it. But he still didn't understand it. He even says that. I mean, that's how we, we got to stop saying, well, that doesn't seem logical to me. What's logical about God putting on, becoming man, dying on the cross, and then we see this man rise from the dead? That makes sense. I see it every day. I mean, the, the illogical is what we live in now because the kingdom is God's logic. And you're going to see a big difference in your life as you keep doing that. I said that already. All right. So, you know, Jesus is on the path of suffering and dying. He's on the path to do this in this passage. He has set his eyes to Jerusalem where he's going to die. And he stops for a moment, tells the 70 to go on out, and has one of the, the description of joy like no other place in the Bible, of having the 70 go out. His focus at that point is on his children. His focus is on continuing to defeat the work of the Satan. In the midst of that, if you knew you were walking to the gallows, would you, how would you walk? Here's why it's different. This is a victory walk for Jesus. This is a victory walk for Jesus. He's saying, I am doing the work of my Father all the way. Everyone, every step I take, there's going to be, everyone's going to know who I am, where the kingdom is. And you know what? They called us originally the people of the way. Now, I think it's time we took some steps like Jesus takes and stepped out and moved like we're being commanded.
The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And we have to be praying for that. But I want to ask that you pray for yourself. Because it's, it's not easy. To, I was, I, I was just like, oh, I got to, oh. oh. They're not really highlighted. They taught us in, you know, School Kingdom Ministry when someone gets highlighted. And they're not really highlighted. I don't know if they're highlighted. Not that. That was not the right one today. You think I'm kidding. Because, see, I do this a lot by myself. I don't always have a partner. And when you're by yourself, you'll, one little peep from a bird can stop you and you're cold in your feet. And so that's why you should go in partners when you can. But then when you finally say, this is not about me. Jesus, this is about you. And this is about that lady right there. I want to pray for her. Everything else changes. And then he gives you words to say. I had one, one last one. I talked to someone and I heard them say apple tree. I thought, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You want me to say apple tree? So I did. And I ended up having a real good conversation with them. They were already Christians, but they were just feeling depressed. I, I could tell they were depressed. They're from Washington. And then their backyard was full of apple trees and they were homesick. And so we t- I talked about, yeah, I've been to Washington and had some phones. Hey, I love that state. Where do you live? Oh, let me go. Okay. So. I just want to, the other thing is having your name written in the book is all about the relationship with Jesus. Our foundation is the relationship with Jesus. So we're going to close here as the worship team gathers. I'd like to kind of close it with Philippians. This is one of the verses I love. It it just, it's kind of one of my fallback verses. And I I think it just says so much. Verse three is where it kind of starts actually. Um, but we're going to pick up the part about the names in the book later. All right. Indeed, true companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. His way of saying the kingdom is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. May the joy and the love and compassion of Jesus Christ rest on you. And bring your heart to touch his heart as one now and forever. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.